impossible has happened! Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Here comes the blue coat, oh, they got him. They're coming the from goats. the left. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. And now for our feature presentation. What's up, everybody? We're back again. Uh, just like last week, we're going to make our predictions for week two. Uh, we'll talk about three key matchups that we think are, you know, the most competitive or, you know, three of the biggest matchups this week, along with our lock and our upset of the week. Last week, I finished three and two. Uh, my lock actually wasn't much of a lock. They lost uh, in San Fran, <laughs> but my upset, my upset uh, actually fell through. Um, Jovan, he finished two and three. Uh, hopefully, you know, he'll bounce back on that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, we'll get started. And the first matchup that we'll be talking about is the Atlanta Falcons versus the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, so, who do you have this week, and what do you, how do you think it, it'll go down? I think uh, that's a tough matchup to call. That's probably, like, the toughest matchup this week, honestly. Um, I think I, I said kind of in the last episode and overall my breakdown of that NFC South that I didn't think the Falcons' offense would be a problem and that it was more up to their defense, and it actually kind of flipped, and their defense actually looked really good the whole game. Um, or almost the whole game, obviously, towards the end of the game, being on the field so much probably tired them out. But their offense kind of – it was really mostly their offensive line couldn't really uh, keep Matt Ryan upright, obviously. We know how good the pass rush was. Um, so if they could get their offense going, I think that – I think that the Atlanta Falcons can win this game. Obviously, I think Dallas is a more complete team on paper, but we obviously know – the issues Dallas always has, uh, somehow they can never find ways to win games, uh, especially against good teams like this. Um, so it's definitely going to be an interesting matchup. I'm going to lean towards Atlanta just because I can't see them. I could, I can't see them starting 0-2 compared to the Cowboys. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Cowboys start 0-2. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise yeah, me to see the, the, the Cowboys start 0-2 because um, it's usually easier for them to bounce back. They usually, they're usually more an up-in-the-air team when it comes to getting things together, especially at the beginning of the season. Um, so I definitely think the Falcons are going to end up winning this game, and I think it's going to be a lot easier for the Cowboys to bounce back from an 0-2 start than it would be for the Falcons. So I think the Falcons kind of know that they got to win this game. 
Yeah, I think the the Falcons are gonna have a little bit more urgency this this uh this week. Last, I, I think the Cowboys will have urgency as well. But I think the recent injuries to Leighton Van Der Esch, uh, Blake Jarwin, and their right tackle is what's gonna uh, play a big factor. Just because uh like uh the right tackle Cam- uh, Cameron Irving, uh all three of them got injured last week and they'll be out for some time if not for the entire season. Um, so. Like you said, it'll be a lot easier for the Cowboys to bounce back from an 0-2 start with just because of the division that they play in. It's more up for grabs. Uh, so I do have the Falcons winning this game uh, more so just because um, those injuries. I think that will be ultimately the X factor just because these two teams, I think it'll ultimately be the game of the week. Uh, it'll be the, probably the most competitive game of the week. They just play into each other's flaws so easily. Um, like you said, the Falcons offensive line had struggles week one and the Cowboys have a really good defensive line. Um, but then the Cowboys had struggles in their secondary and that's ultimately the Falcons strength yeah. is their, rec- their receivers. Um, so, I, but I do think Julio and, uh, Julio, uh, you got Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, even Hayden Hurst, even he didn't have a big game last week, but I think he might have a big game this week. There's just so many weapons on that offense that I don't think um, the Cowboys will ultimately be able to uh, put up with that for four quarters. Um, I think, if anything, their defensive line is going to benefit them if they can get to Matt Ryan. But that's a matter if they can get to him. Yeah. Um, but oh, and my last thing was that they couldn't really stop Malcolm Brown last last week either, the running game of the Rams. Um, so I think Todd Gurley could burst for a big game this week too. Yeah, I was going to say, obviously, we saw kind of the way, like like we said, the Falcons offensive line struggled. Um, but that, like you said, the Dallas Cowboys secondary is not as strong as Seattle's is. So it's going to be a lot easier for Matt Ryan to get the ball out quicker to those receivers rather than how it was last week where, you know, you got the pass rush coming and it's not quite as easy to get that ball off because the coverages are a lot better. So. Um, I think the Falcons would definitely benefit from that. And like you said, the sense of urgency. I mean, they're in a stacked division. They know they got to come out and they got to win this game because an 0-2 start in that division compared to the NFC East is it's, it's really bad. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost one of those where it's like it's tough to come back from, especially when you have, like I said, such high-powered offenses in that division. Um, yeah. Cowboys don't really have a, a playmaker or players on the caliber of Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams, yeah. who were playing big. Well, Jamal Adams was playing a huge factor last week, and I, I think he'll play a huge factor in their matchup. But in terms of the Cowboys Falcons, I don't think uh, the Cowboys will be able to reciprocate that kind of a performance. Makes sense. Um, yeah. Uh, so the next matchup we have that we're going to be talking about is will be the. Ravens versus the Texans. Uh, we've seen what happened to the Texans on Thursday Night Football. It wasn't too, uh, too, uh, you know, promising. At <laughs> least uh, after the, you know, them trading DeAndre Hopkins during the offseason. I mean, David Johnson looked good, um, but then Ravens just came out and basically showcased what, uh, or just continued what they showcased last year, uh, which was being a dominant force within the AFC. Uh, or even the NFL, if you want to talk in that and in big picture. But they showcased that they're a top five team in the league at the moment. Um, but for me, I have the Baltimore Ravens winning this matchup. Um, 
I do think the Houston Texans will look better than they did week one. Uh, but just, you know, that defense, I think, will ultimately win them the game. I mean, Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. He's going to do what he has to on the offensive end. Uh, but I think it'll be a lot closer game than, you know, people intend. Because um, just after the performance against KC, they'll probably think it'll be a blowout. But I think they'll, they'll redeem themselves and, you know, you'll see improvement from week one to week two. But I just don't think it'll be enough improvement to take away the win from Baltimore, who's right now a, probably a consensus top five team in the league. Uh, yeah, I think I think it'll be a considerably closer game, um, like you said, especially uh, because Baltimore doesn't have as high power to offense as Kansas City does. Um, but ultimately, it was tough last week for um, the Texans to get anything going offensively against uh, the Chiefs, which they do have a great defense. Uh, but it's going to be even tougher for them to get anything going um, against that Baltimore defense, which is stacked. So I'm not expecting a high-scoring game from the Texans. It might be a lot closer, just like I said, because the Ravens' offense is considerably not as good, even though they are talented. Um, but I still don't see this game being all that close, so I do have the Ravens winning it. Um, I think that the Texans will get a little bit more going offensively, uh, because you know they have an extra week, extra week of practice going together with like a few, like like you said, David Johnson, who was kind of one of the only bright spots on that team offensively uh, last week. So um, they might be able to get things rolling a lot more smoother. But the ability to put points on the board, I don't know that I'm going to be able to see it this week uh, against that Baltimore defense. Yeah, Baltimore comes forward with a better defense than you know KC. But they don't have nearly have a, as you know an explosive offense yeah. as KC as well. So, so I think they're not going to be you know trying to score as much. Well, you want to score as many points as you want to win the game, but they won't be you know in a shoot in a shootout versus KC. Um, so that, you know you can't make any mistakes against KC. Whereas you could probably make a few mistakes against Baltimore because they are a run first offense. Yeah. Um, but I think just that defense alone, that secondary in itself. Will be make it will make it harder on the Texans receivers to you know create a release off the line of scrimmage and create separation in order for or create a window for Watson to you know ultimately get them the ball. So I think David Johnson will have a, a, a good game again. Maybe not on the run or on the ground, but more so in the passing game. But I just think it's gonna the, that defense is gonna make it difficult on them to even pull out a win. Yeah, definitely, and that brings us to our. Third and final uh, highlight matchup of the week, which is Seattle and New England. Um, Sunday night football. Sunday night football. Uh, you got one in that one. Um, I'm gonna go with Seattle. Um, I I liked what I seen from Cam and the Patriots last week. Um, but it again, it was against the Miami Dolphins, whose defense still looked impressive, uh, even in a loss. So and they're not as good as uh Seattle, for instance. Like I was telling you before. Uh, Jamal Adams played a big factor in their first matchup against the Falcons, and I think he'll come back and even make a bigger impact um, this this week, just being that they are playing New England and he's familiar with that um, franchise. Yes, it's a different offense that he'll be facing with Cam, but the receivers weren't able to create much separation uh, against Miami, who had a really good secondary, uh, just based off of their, you know, free agent signings and things like that. 
So they couldn't create separation then. I don't think they'll create much separation now. I think if New England comes out with the win, it'll mainly be because of Cam Newton in that run game. Um, but I think this is the first test that New England with Cam Newton will have to face and overcome. And But, both, but Seattle just looks so good offensively and defensively. Russell Wilson, I mean, Bill Belichick came out and said that he doesn't think anyone's better than him at the moment and he doesn't get enough credit, which I agree that I think he's a bit underrated because no one really gives him his kudos as much as, you know, someone as flashy as Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. But he is my MVP this year. Uh, so, or I'm my, for, my pick for MVP. for good reason. I mean, he yeah, a great first game. So um, I think it'll continue uh, moving on to week two. Yeah, I, I got Seattle as well. Um, I mean, after watching the entirety of week one, um, obviously it's only one week, but Seattle's clearly the best team as of right now. Um, they looked the best in week one. Uh, and and ultimately it was hard for, like you said, it was hard for New England to get anything going offensively against Miami. So um, if you're going to go in, play Seattle and think you're going to get any anything else going more than more so than what you were able to do against Miami, it's going to be a long day. Um, I think, like you said, if, if it's going to be anything that wins New England the game, it's you said it's the run game. I think it's more so the defensive game plan. Um, obviously, obviously, we know like how many how many players opted out on that Patriots defense, uh, but we know how uh, Bill Belichick works and how he's able to uh, do different schemes and and kind of get his defense prepared for all types of different quarterbacks and offensive play styles. So um, if he was able to get a good game going going for Russell Wilson and Seattle offense um, and keep them at a low score, I think that's their best opportunity to win the game. Uh, yeah. But if they're not able to bottle Russell Wilson, uh, it's going to be a really long day and it probably won't be a close game. But I got Seattle uh, winning this game as well. I, I, I do think that um... – New England's defense looked very impressive last week. And to, like you said, for as many opt-outs that they had on that team, uh, you you were kind of surprised to see that kind of performance from them. Uh, but for me, Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick. Yeah. And in, in my breakdown for the uh, AFC East, I, I said, like, he doesn't really need those big names to go out there yeah. and perform. So uh, sure. I do expect them to keep them in the game. But it'll be New England's run game and Cam Newton that ultimately elevates them to a victory. Uh, yeah. But it should be a really good game. I think for a week two Sunday night football, it's as good as you get. Can't really, you know, compete with that. And for me, like, I, and they did look great last week on defense, but it's a whole different ball game when you're saying who you're facing offensively. You go from Miami to Seattle, it's, it's way it's a it's a it's a completely different league in my opinion offensively. So that's why I mean, although they did look good week one against Miami, um, the real test of how well they're going to be able to play against those top tier offensive teams, uh, this is a really big one. For sure, for sure. Um, so next we're going to be talking about our locks for the week. Um, this one was kind of tough for me, just especially after my lock for week one disappointment was a disappointment. Um, but I'm also going to pick another divisional game, and in my lock this week is going to be the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, they 
they will be missing Chris Godwin this week, uh, which you know kind of put some kind of dampened my pick a little bit. Uh, but I think Tom Brady, after his Week One loss and his Week One disappointment, I think he'll bounce back at, with something to prove, especially with Bruce Arians calling him out in the media um, and calling him out after his performance against the Saints. I think they were playing the Saints, which is a tough team as it is, uh, but. They're going up against the Panthers, who whose defense doesn't just from their performance week one, they they struggle to tackle, um, and they also we lost to the Las Vegas Raiders, who isn't really as a high much of a high power offense compared to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, that secondary is very subpar, and I think with the the amount of weapons that Tampa has on that offense, will be too much for Carolina to uh, handle. And ultimately, that's why I selected Tampa to win. Uh, I think it's more of a redemption game from Tom Brady that ultimately uplifts them over uh, Carolina. Uh, for me, the lock has to be the Ravens-Texans. Um, feel bad because the Texans two weeks in a row is a lock pick. Um, but for for obvious reason, I mean, they, they have a tough schedule to start the season. It's something you highlighted when you did your uh, breakdown, I believe. Um, but like I said, uh, it's going to be tough for their offense to get anything going. They weren't really able to stay consistent throughout the game against the Chiefs. So with a with a much better defense in Baltimore, I don't see much happening for them offensively. Um, and just Lamar Jackson, who kind of continued his, you know, what he will, from what he did last season in his MVP campaign. I mean, he looked like he looked like a stud last week. Um, so defensively, I don't think Houston's going to have an answer for that. Uh, that's really the easiest lot for me. It was between that and the Saints and Raiders, and I think the Raiders are obviously a much better team than than people might give them credit. So I had to go with Ravens Texans. All righty, then the upset of the week. This is my time to shine. <laughs> so um, at the moment, my upset is a five and a half point underdog. Um, I'm going with the New York Giants. So uh, they're going, they're going up against the Chicago Bears, who didn't, to me, didn't really look impressive in their victory against the Lions. If anything, they should have lost that game. Uh, if it wasn't for DeAndre Swift's drop in the end zone, it would have been a loss. Um, but Mitchell Trubisky didn't have a great game, but he he looked very impressive in the fourth quarter, um, which ultimately you know allowed them to come back and win the game. Um, the only thing that I would be worried about is Khalil Mack in that pass rush uh, with Robert Quinn if he plays and Khalil Mack just because the Giants offensive line didn't look the greatest week one against Pittsburgh's um, pass rush. But as a whole, Pittsburgh's defense is a lot better than uh, Chicago's uh, and their pass rush entirely is a much better unit. Yes, Khalil Mack is better than any player on uh, Pittsburgh's defense. But they're, as a unit, they're not nearly as highly, uh, t- uh, they're not thought of highly uh, in comparison. But I think the Giants, even in their loss, looked very impressive. Uh, yes, there was the good, bad, and the ugly. Um, but they, that game, yes, they lost to Pittsburgh by 10, but it was very uh, competitive for the most part. I mean, they gave a, a good fight. Daniel Jones looked well, even though he was, uh, there was, I think he dealt with the most pressure um, of, of any quarterback on week one. Um, 
and he looked very well besides for his uh, few turnovers, especially the one in the red zone that kind of hurt us the most. But that defense is what kept us in the game. Blake Martinez looked very impressive. Um, he, he, I think he was uh, one of the top highest graded middle linebackers or off-ball linebackers for week one. I think he'll continue that. Um, Radbury will continue to, you know, look well as well. He had a strip sack and he gave up a touchdown, but for the most part, he was, you know, holding his own. I think the only thing on that defense that worries me is the matchup between Anthony Miller and the second corner for the Giants. We don't really have someone who is a consistent starter. They said they're going to, you know, rotate per matchup. Valentine didn't look the greatest against Pittsburgh. And Anthony Miller looked well week one. So hopefully whoever is playing the uh, cornerback two this week is able to hold their own. But I'm going with the Giants. I do think they're going to redeem themselves. And this season they'll, they'll win games that, you know, they they ultimately shouldn't be winning. Uh, they aren't a pushover team this year. And I think this, this week they'll come out and prove uh, that, like you said, they're they're able to win that division, if not compete. Uh, you had them um, finishing second in the division, and I think this will be one of their wins uh, for the season. Um, with my upset pick, I was going to go with uh, Detroit against um, Green Bay. More more so because it's a individual game. Right now, Green Bay is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Um Obviously, we saw what uh, the Lions were able to do last week, especially against the Great Bears defense, who I do think defensively is a better team um, than the Packers are. So I don't think they'll have a problem putting up points. The problem is going to come, obviously, stopping Aaron Rodgers. We saw the game that he had last week. Um, it was He had, a, obviously, a, a huge game, uh, looking like a old Aaron Rodgers, you know, MVP uh, like Aaron Rodgers. So obviously, it's more so going to come on the – Defensive side of the ball for the Lions, um, they're going to have to find a way to put pressure on Aaron Rodgers and obviously stop him from having the type of game that he had last week. Um, but I think usually when it comes to individual matchups, that's where the wild cards start to come up. They play each other twice a year. They know how to play each other well. Um, and so for me, I think the Lions are going to find a way to uh, come out with the win more specifically because they don't want to start 0-2 um, in that division. Obviously, uh, once Aaron Rodgers gets hot and gets rolling, uh, there's really no stopping him. So you kind of have to slow him down now because if you don't, they start 0-2. He's hot, looking like an MVP. Um, he's almost going to run away with the division, um, and there probably won't be any way you're going to be able to come back from that. So. Um, obviously, we saw how the Lions blew that lead uh, late last last week in the fourth quarter to Mitch Trubisky. Um, so that's really just the biggest wild card is Aaron Rodgers. But just the fact that it's an individual matchup, um, their offense looked good last week. Um, I think they'll be able to get some pressure, you know, with Trey Flowers and uh, Jamie Collins. If they're able to and slow down Aaron Rodgers, I think they'll be able to win this game. I think uh, Jamie Collins idiotic uh, move against the referee that got him kicked out was an X factor for why they lost week one uh, against the Bears just because he was able to create that pressure opposite of uh, Trey Flowers. But I do think that uh, Detroit is underrated. Um, they might be a surprise team to come out of that division, whether that be a wild card or uh, to win the division. 
But like you said, Aaron Rodgers looked like his old self. And besides Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to say the X factor is Devontae Adams once again. Uh, just because unless Jeffrey Okuda plays and makes his debut, I do not see them stopping him one bit. Desmond Trufant, yes, he's not terrible, but I don't think he's he's um, even capable of holding his jockstrap. So, <laughs> so uh, Devontae Adams is underrated and he's not doesn't get enough respect put on his name. Uh, he's a top five receiver and he should be in everyone's book. He proved it last week and I think he'll come out and prove it again. Yeah, I agree. So uh, that's that. That's all we have for you guys this week. Um, we'll come back next week with, you know, more predictions for week three and probably, and most likely some more content for other sports. But for this week, we just came um, with a week two special I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. As always, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. Uh, and make sure to hit that follow button if you haven't already. And follow us on all social media platforms. It will be in the description below. Um, and catch us next time. You're talking about balls deep. I'm talking about balls deep. We're talking about balls deep in love. I'm talking about balls deep. My boy's talking about balls deep. We're talking about balls deep in love.